Hey, redheads and everyone else listening. I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrian, and we're super excited about this podcast episode, just like we always are. <laughs> always um, excited. <laughs> always excited. We're talking to Mary Patterson Broom. She is a writer and comedian currently writing and performing in sketches and other comedy content for social media and online platforms. But I'm really excited to talk to someone who is a writer and comedian because I feel like they have such great humor about being a redhead. And Mm -hmm. um, just from looking at, you know, I have so many questions to stuff. I know we love to talk to redheads who have like curly red hair. Right. And her curls are are beautiful. I know. I've seen. I know. So I know we're going to definitely talk to her about how she, you know, styles her curls and all of her, you know, I think she's moved a bunch of times from all of our research. So I think she's moved from like, really dry climates to really warm climates. And now she's in South Carolina. So I think that she probably has to deal with a lot of the humidity. Um, but yeah, I'm just, she's, she's really, she's had a really amazing career. Um, right now she's working on the multimedia platform. It's a Southern thing. So we'll definitely ask her all the questions. I know it's like totally blown up on YouTube and um, we'll put everything in the podcast notes, but she's done stand-up clubs, colleges, casinos, military bases, and other random rooms and microphones for over (laughs) 15 years. She's appeared on Hulu's Comedy Dynamics, Uncontrolled Comedy, and was a staff writer for WeTV's Sex Box and AOL Originals, Making a Scene with James Franco. She's also been a contributor to The Lily, a division of The Washington Post, and and Women's Health Magazine. So she's had quite a career. So I'm excited to just talk to her about everything that she's done and also stuff like how redheads are so well represented in the world of comedy. I do feel like there's a yeah, lot of redheads. Definitely. Like I always think of like Lucille Ball. She's kind of oh she's the, kinda the original. Away. She's the yeah, original. Even, even though if you're listening, yes, we know she wasn't a natural redhead. I know. <laughs> she People love died to say it, that about But Lucille she's Ball. iconic. Yeah. And we grew up watching her. Our Nana loved Lucille Ball. Um, so we yeah. always had the I Love Lucy show on or our Nana did when we would visit. And it was just such a fun show to watch as a kid. And back then, you know, or it was in black and white. So we didn't really understand that she was a redhead. And then as we got older, of course, we knew that Lucille Ball was a redhead. But she's kind of the first person that comes to mind when I think of a icon in the comedy world. And yeah, I think it's just always fun to have different guests like this on our podcast. Um, And what Adrian said, it's going to be, I'm interested to hear what she has to say about just the different places that she's lived and what has she experienced anything different being a redhead? Um, Maybe like, you know, I know that she's lived in Europe and West Mm -hmm. Coast and now South Carolina and it's so different. You know, Adrian and I were in Greenville this past summer and we didn't see many redheads, even though we did, you know, do our street interview with one redhead on the street, but I think maybe just because it's not a super walk, you know, people do walk in the downtown, but of course it's not like a big city like New York city, for example. But yeah, we had a blast in Greenville. So that's where she's living right now. Um, And again, you know, if you're listening to, and you're a curly red uh, thinking or wanting tips or needing tips about just, you know, controlling frizz and which products uh, love to talk to her because Adrian and I do have naturally curly wavy hair. Um, 
and it's just always been a battle, especially as, as yeah. kids, right, Adrian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was such a battle. And, um, yeah, there's actually, <laughs> I found this post that's actually on our website, um, that we'll put in the podcast notes, but it's called eight redhead women comedians you should know about. And, of course, we we mentioned Deborah Messing. I don't really think of her as a comedian, but she is. Will and Grace, I guess, yeah. is a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ellie Kemper, of course, she's hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. And then Michelle Wolf, she actually has a new special out on Netflix, and I have it. Oh, yeah. I keep seeing it pop up. Yeah. I actually saw her open for a comedian about five or six years ago, um, and she was, she's really, really funny. And I feel like she really has some great redhead jokes in there. Um Catherine Tate, Felicia Day, um, Jenna Fisher. Um, I love Jenna Fisher. Uh, Maria Thayer. And, of course, Julie Klausner, who was the first guest we ever had on the How to Be a Redhead podcast. I know. Um, so we'll put, this fun po- we'll put this fun article. It's from 2019, but we'll pop it in the podcast notes because I feel like fem- spe- specifically female redheads um, mm-hmm. who are comedians are really funny. And Michelle Wolf has that curly red hair, just like. Yeah, she does. Yeah, I know. When like I think Mary of Patterson. Michelle Wolf, I'm like curly hair, you know? I know. I know, I know. Curly red hair. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we got to call Mary Patterson up and see all about her red hair and everything about her. Redheads, have you heard? We added our first hair care product to the How to Be a Redhead beauty line. It's called Finely Glossy, and it's a shine and luminosity shampoo for redheads. Like all of our products, it's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Give luminosity and radiance to your red hair without color depositing. Redheads, we can now rejoice. Finally, there are products for us. Shop Finely Glossy and our line of brow and mascara products. Finally have brows and finally have lashes at shop.howtobearedhead.com. Hi, Mary Patterson. Thank you so much for joining our podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're super excited. So a question we ask all of our guests who have red hair um, is, what was it like for you growing up as a redhead? So growing up as a redhead, I'd say when I was really young, I always was called more strawberry blonde. And I thought I'm strawberry blonde, Mm. strawberry blonde. And then I wasn't really aware of being a full on redhead till I heard that one of my classmates called me big red behind my back. I was called the same. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, But I'd say I, you know, I always felt kind of awkward and not, not super pretty, And I remember crying to my dad at one point when I was really little saying, you know, I don't feel like I'm pretty. And he's like, you are pretty and you're going to grow into your looks. You're going to grow into your looks and you'll be even better looking the older you get. That's what happened to me. My dad had my similar hair color before it all fell out. And that proved to be true. I feel like I was a late bloomer. And part of being part of that was being a redhead. And I'm also convinced that my whole life would have been different if I discovered eyebrow tinting in high school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eyebrow. I mean, eyebrow products in general. Yeah. Just Adrian to give some coloring went. to your face is a oh, game changer. There wasn't the resources for brows when I was growing up that are out there now. There wasn't <laughs> people like you too. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Southern Alabama. It's interesting where I don't know how it was growing up for you with eyebrows, but where we grew up in, we grew up in Rhode Island. Threading was so popular. And we look back at photos, Adrian and I, and I mean, every two weeks we would go get our eyebrows threaded, which we did not need to go that often. I think that they made us feel like you have to go every two weeks. I think 
once every now and then would have been fine. And then they just went so thin Mm -hmm. on our brows. And then we never used any products while we were doing our makeup, like at home after getting it threaded. So it was just like sparse hairs and (laughs) right, Adrian, like way too much. I think, right, Mary Patterson, we're all like guilty. Your your brows look pretty thick. Um, I know that our listeners can't see your brows, but we over threaded, over plucked. Like it was like that late, that late nineties, early two thousands. We just went bananas. Well, it just wasn't even on my radar to do it because mine were so light. I always associated that with, oh, you get your eyebrows done if your brows are brown or black. So my sister had really dark hair. Got it. So she would get hers waxed. So I didn't even start waxing them until I moved to Los Angeles after college. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm saying. My whole life would have been different because it changes the whole shape of your face. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's now I'm obsessed with getting them done. And I discovered this tinting in Los Angeles and this one woman who was so talented at it. And it makes a big difference uh, for sure. So I felt like that was part of my awkwardness and late, late bloomerness was just having the super blonde eyelashes and the blonde eyebrows. And like y'all said, you know, I read, was reading about how you created your company. There wasn't anybody at the cosmetics counter specializing in redheads. So, mm-hmm, and you're yeah. right, there was nobody telling you to put the makeup and to fill in the brows, even if you'd gotten them done. Threading, by the way, made me cry. I, I tried it one time and couldn't do it. It was so painful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We need to get our upper lip threaded. That's like, <gasps> oh <God>. a <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. I wish that we knew about those little razors. Mary Patterson, do you know those little razors that you can just like shave your face with? Like, I, I wish that I would have, I wish that I would have just done that. And the pain was excruciating. I'm still afraid of those. So I'll do dermaplaning when I get yeah. a facial yeah. mm-hmm. and that I love the feeling of that. Yeah. I just don't do that very often, maybe once or twice a year. Oh. oh yeah, those little things I go through like I mean, and you can get them so cheap on Amazon, the tickle something, I think they're called. And we had an esthetician on gosh, an episode a long, long time ago. And she said, you know, they're good if you just dispose of them after each use because then you don't want like bacteria to build up right. and stuff. So I just toss right. I mean, I think you can get like thirty of them for five bucks on Amazon, the brand that I'm thinking about. So And you don't yeah, nick yourself just, at all with those. Okay. Oh, That's what I love no, about never. them. Because I've bought yeah. other razors before for the face and they're too they're too they're so intense. Mm-hmm. Like you could yeah. really cut yourself and hurt yourself. So yeah, or I love like that razor too. burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, as you can tell, we can so, talk about eyebrows all the time. <laughs> I know. And so Mary Patterson, you, you mentioned that your sister had dark hair. So are you the only redhead with your, in your siblings? Is it just you two? Yes, I was the only redhead. So my dad okay. was adopted. So we don't know what his family looked like. Oh. My mom has no redheads on her side. So I think that's probably where it came from. Okay. Oh. That's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. It's always... um. You know, we've had so many guests on our podcast and it's, who are redheads, of course. And it's interesting to hear all different stories on, you know, th- either, you know, they come from a family of redheads or they're the only redhead and they've looked back generations after generation after generation and they can't find any redhead. So the gene is so, it's, it's interesting what yeah. happens. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And so you lived in Alabama, North Carolina, Spain. LA and now South Carolina. Have yeah. you noticed any difference in how red hair is perceived based on location since you've been kind of in various states in, as well as international? 
Uh, you know, I think in the South, uh, there's more of an expectation that women sort of fit a certain mold. And mm. I always felt a little wild because I had red hair, even if I wasn't trying to be wild. It's a little bit, especially with the curls too, you feel like you can't really fit into that sort of prim and proper expectation. So you stand out a little bit more. And there's an expectation, at least for me growing up and even now to be tan in the South. Okay. Like it seems like all my friends were tan all, tan all the time, people now. And so I, you know, felt like you stuck out a little more because of that in the South. It's just hard to feel as coiffed. I never feel like I'm as put together as I need to be in the South. Right. And then, you know, yeah. in, in Los Angeles, anything goes. I mean, I didn't feel like I, you know, you could yeah. show up with multicolor hair in a garbage bag and people would go, oh, is that in style now? Like yeah. there's no. I love that freedom. Yeah. You know, there's so much freedom there. Yeah. Um, and so I was in Spain in 2003, so I don't know, I haven't been back since, but back then you did stick, you stuck out as a redhead in Spain in 2003. There wasn't a lot of us. And, you know, my, my roommate and I used to joke, there was a bar across the street from the apartment where we lived with our senora. And there was a redheaded bartender there. And we used to joke, he was literally the only redheaded man in Spain <laughs> because, <laughs> I, you know, we, I didn't, I didn't see them. And, you know, back then there was the Me Too wasn't happening in Spain, and so there was a lot of catcalling openly oh. on the streets. And I think, oh wow, so where in, in Spain? I was in Sevilla. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, because it's inter. I I went to I went to Spain for the first time. My husband and I went to Barcelona last summer, and we did um, notice that I didn't see any redheads. Like okay, not so one. Sounds like has much hasn't changed. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was really a hot week, like one of the hottest weeks. So I think maybe they were inside. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were inside. Right. It's possible. Yeah. And then here I am. But I didn't notice. I, there was one family I remember. We went out to dinner, and I noticed that the kids had red hair, and I I heard a British accent, and I remember sitting down, but. You know, other than that, everyone is just so gorgeous, tan, no exactly. dark hair. Like Adrian's gone to South America. Adrian, when you've been to South America a few times in the last few years, did you see a lot of redheads? You know, in Argentina, there were so many redheads. I actually, mm. we're doing a new street series now, Mary Patterson, where we like stop people on the streets. Most of them have been in New York City, but we've also been in Greenville and we've also been in LA and okay. it's really interesting but I was like, oh, oh, I really wish that I interviewed people in Argentina. But Argentina is very European. So it, there were just a lot of redheads. Um, Peru and Chile, like not too much. But um, right, right. yeah, it's really interesting. I was also thinking, too, about how you were just mentioning about being tan in the South. And I was thinking about sometimes when I do travel internationally, I'm so in awe over how most of the countries I go to to have fair skin is is looked upon as such a hierarchy like it's so loved on you know like when you when I was in Argentina people just loved that I had fair skin or I know mm -hmm. I have a sister-in-law who lives in South Korea and she tries to like never ever get a tan because having that fair skin is status for her and right. you know anywhere I go I feel like we're really praised for our fair skin but in America I feel like it's tan or bust especially so like, in the south a, yeah this yeah. is like a tan country <laughs> yeah I mean y'all were asking me about growing up that was another thing I mean I would li I look back now and I'm gonna tell my daughter who by the way does she came out with red hair it's falling <gasps> she out she has red hair oh I don't my know god if I'm come back red I hope it will but that was one of the first things the doctor said oh she has red hair oh. when I'm back there not to die um but <laughs> 
I'm going to tell her, like, I tried from sixth grade on, I would lay out with my friends and try to get tan. And Same. Just, I have so much sun damage now because of it. Mm. I'm really, I try, I've been really good since about 30 of trying to just coat it on, but God, I was bad about it when I was young. Just I know. To waste that tan. I don't know why. It's I know. Just- looking, looking back. So there's, um. I, I'm kind of the one in the family that's collected all of our photos and I was always into like taking pictures as a kid. And it's interesting where Adrian and our mother was visiting, our mom was visiting a few weeks ago and I was taking out some photos and Adrian and I were pretty good about like growing up. I, I was looking at photos on like wearing hats and stuff, but it's so interesting. Adrian, I didn't even share it with you, but there are some photos of us like at Disney and I'm not wearing a hat. And I was like, what was you I would never do that now. I know. Like, what was I thinking? Florida, it was probably April because that was Easter break. Like, that's what I'm thinking. That's when we always went to Florida. And not wearing a hat, like, at the age of eight or nine. And now, you know, I'm 34. And I'm like, I would never in a million years be caught in Florida without a hat in the spring and the summer, mainly year round. And my two kids, like I'm the mom that's like over there, like sunscreen stick on like my son, like at all times. So it's just interesting how I think it's as we get older and the education behind sun safety and, you know, it just being a redhead, I'm just, yeah, I'm in awe that, well, yeah, that we just were in the sun without a hat on. It's a different world. In my 20s, I would go running and hiking in LA and my standard workout outfit was like a white V-neck undershirt and I put no sunscreen on. And I'm like, why did you do, why? Like all those years, that area gets all that sun damage. And now if I go out, I'm I'm covered or I'm slathered Uh on. But you know, I guess you live and learn. But I feel like people in their 20s now have more awareness, especially fair-skinned people. Yeah, yeah. And I think social media hopefully is... um a good way to spread sun safety and the education. I know recently there was something on TikTok about how sunscreen's actually bad for you. Hey, Adrian, we did an article yeah, on it. Yeah. 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 A lot. There's a lot of conspiracies now to not wear sunscreen because they think that your body gives a natural immunity. And I, 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 yeah, I until just you can't get a blistering that. sunburn and need to be like in oatmeal in your bathtub. <laughs> I don't know if Mary Patterson, you've ever experienced that, but growing up, we would get really bad sunburns and oh, then we yeah. just use this. It was the Aveeno packets of like oatmeal and you were just supposed to bathe in that growing I up. I never did that. I would just uh, get that green aloe vera and just like slather that. Oh on yeah. The yeah. The cooling effect the one fridge. or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Redheads are well represented in the world of comedy. So let's definitely dive into that. Um, Why do you think that is? Well, because so many of us weren't hot growing up. So we had to develop really good personalities. And part of that is being funny. (laughs) Yeah. I have to agree. I love some female comedians who are redheads. Um, Mm -hmm. Even male, male redheads too. I feel like there's a... Bill Burr, he's one of like my favorite redhead comedians <laughs> and like yeah. he has such a great way and he talks about how like one of his first jobs was a roofer and like the hot sun. He's like, can you imagine being like a redhead roofer, like, you know, with like yeah. the sunburn and being on a roof? Like it was like the worst job he could have ever had. But it, <laughs> there's such humor behind being a redhead. Well, and like, yeah, I do. I just think the awkwardness. I know for me personally, like I felt 
you know, as I told y'all, I never felt like I was pretty. I knew I was smart and talented, you know, but and I, but so to fit in and try to feel like I made friends, I really did try to be funny. I tried to be entertaining. Uh, that was part of wanting to be, feel included because I felt like I couldn't do that with my looks. Um, and so I just, I don't know. I feel like b- being funny was sort of just, which a lot of comedians, I'm sure, you know, not I'm sure they, they do. They talk about that, how it's yeah. sort of a way to fit in and be liked. And I was always sort of, just obsessed with being liked and wanting to be, you know, included, which most people are, you know, but I think some people, I know for me, it was just always really important to fit in and have a lot of friends. And I felt like a good sense of humor and being the entertaining one was part of that. I Mm. feel too, like there's a confidence behind being funny. And I think that that's like really the secret, like Stephanie and I would say like fake it till you make it for people who Mm -hmm. are getting bullied, you know? And I think that that is such a great way to kind of come into your own is just finding humor because they're, when you're, when you're making people laugh, there's such a confidence behind it that can like really make you feel so good. I think in a way that's sort of, I mean, I did, I pursued stand up uh, because I, in my senior year, my sorority, when I started in my sophomore year, I would stand up to talk and I would get laughs and I wouldn't be trying. And I really liked that, you know, and then I knew I loved entertaining and acting. And when I moved out to LA in 2006, I went to my first all female stand up show. i had only, I didn't know much about stand up. I knew like Chris Rock and Seinfeld and it was all women doing stand up. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's what I want to do. And it is, it's such a powerful feeling to feel like, you can make a room full of strangers laugh. Mm. Even though I've really pulled back on stand up, but I'm mainly just writing now. It does to this day because I did it so much um, and did it professionally. Like it makes me feel like I can do anything because that's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Right. And do you have any comedians that you look up to just out of curiosity? Yeah. I mean, I have a ton I look up to and some of them are not famous and they live in LA and y'all would, they're good friends of mine, you know, but I mean, I have lots, it would be hard to kind of narrow it down. Yeah. And then, so you're back in South Carolina after, you know, being in LA for a long time. So tell us how, how is that? We're in South Carolina. So I, I moved back to Alabama to work at It's a Southern Thing. And then I got married and my husband got a job in South Carolina. So we moved got here it. a year ago. And my job, thankfully, wanted to keep working with me remotely and sometimes driving there for shoots. So, oh, cool. So anyway, so what was the question, though? I was just clarifying. Oh, where in South Carolina? Just out of oh, curiosity. Uh, Greenville. So like upstate. Oh, oh nice. Upstate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a great time in Greenville. We really other, did. Couple, we really did. We went to a ago. great restaurant. So many good restaurants. Yeah. Really so many. Restaurant. Oh my God. We didn't have one bad meal all weekend. Yeah. yeah it was Very great. Yeah. It was excellent. So we got to talk about, so how, how's your red hair adapting to the humidity? Um, and did well, your beauty routine change in any way when you moved back? Cause Adrian and I, anytime we're on the West coast, our mom's originally from California, but we always feel like we just wake up with great hair because there's no humidity. And then we get on the East coast and it's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> not in your head gals it's not in your head yeah, is, yeah. Uh, my hair was a lot less frizzy in California I do miss my California hair mm-hmm. so but I haven't really changed that much other than I don't really straighten it as often um I used to straighten it a few times a month out there and now I rarely do because if I walk outside it's just a mess and I'm just older and more tired and don't have the energy to straighten it as much yeah. um, and I also don't dry it as often but that's really more a also just trying to keep it healthy, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, dry it and do a whole thing multiple days a week. And now I air dry most days. Yeah. That's yeah. Like 
especially having a baby, I'm sure, you know, you're cut on, you're short on time. And yeah, so congratulations on having a baby. You mentioned, so she does have red hair. Yeah, she came out with red hair. Oh, that's so awesome. So is your husband, is he a redhead? No, he's got brown hair. Wow. I I think she's gonna, you know how when they're young, you still can't tell what their eye color is until about, you know, until they're almost a year, I think. But she, I think is going to have his really pretty light, light greenish green eyes. Oh, pretty. Oh yeah. It's going to be a nice, I hope it'll be a nice little combo of light eyes and red hair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it made me think of, so my daughter is six, well, she's going to be six months next week. My son has brown hair. He's, um, he's almost three. My husband has brown hair, but while, um, while she was not being graphic, but while I was, you know, having her, and her head was sticking out. The doctor did say, sorry, not a ginger. And I was like, oh, as long as she's healthy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I didn't care. But it's peach fuzz. But I think, you know, when you're a baby, like, there's I don't know, I think like their head is kind of pigmented, like pink, like, I don't know, I feel like there's like their head, it looks red, reddish, their skin. So a lot of people are like, I think I see red coming in. I'm like, no, it definitely looks brown. I think it's just like because her scalp is reddish, you know. Right, right, right. No, she she came out. My doctor's, you know, I think I told you all earlier. She has red hair and a lot of it is false. She's got that bald spot in the back from, you know, laying down. Laying on her back. Laying on her back. And then the the sides are thinning, but she's still got like this patch of red. Yeah. At the bottom. Listeners can't see me, but at the bottom. Yeah. Her her eyelashes look um, like a strawberry blonde. Oh, pretty. when it falls out, it'll hopefully come back red. But um, I was shocked. I don't know why. I guess because, like I said to y'all earlier, I don't know any other redheaded family members because my dad was adopted, and I just yeah. Thought, you know, who so your husband but, has the gene. Does that is that yeah? That Both sides yeah. have to have it. Both okay. sides have to have the MC1R gene. Um, yeah, and that's why if you ever see a man who has a red beard but brown hair, for example, it means that they have half the gene. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, who knows? Maybe if you guys wanted to spend time on it, you could look back on where the red hair gene came from with your husband. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's there. Ask him about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely we want to talk about it's a Southern thing. Um, Can you talk to our listeners about, uh, tell us just about it and how did it come about and what product projects are you currently working on now? Uh, so it's a Southern thing started as part of AL.com, which is the basically the digital newspaper for Alabama. They started making some comedy sketches on there to try to drive more viewership to that. And that was in like 2015. And a couple of those sketches were just kind of about like life in the South. I think it was like if GPS was Southern was one of their first ones. And it was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Turn right by the Dollar General or, or whatever. And those went viral And so they started to make more of those and they started a series called So True Y'all. And then it kind of morphed into this whole brand called It's a Southern Thing because they were so popular and grew a huge audience on Facebook, YouTube. And of course, now we have TikTok, Instagram. So, but Alabama Media Group is owned by uh, a company called Advanced Local which owns like Condé Nast, owns like a bunch of publishing, hmm. like Reddit, Condé Nast, all these newspapers. Okay. So it's a Southern thing got basically funded by a lot of corporate money 
to hire a ton of people. And so that's kind of that's part great. of how I came on. Um, and so it's just, they built an audience organically through this web series. And then it kind of branched into this whole thing that has, you know, merchandise and a website with, you know, editorial type articles and that sort of thing. So, yeah, so I was hired to write comedy sketches for them, um, for So True Y'all, for the sketch series. And at the time they didn't have a female writer. So mm. it was um, me and three three men. And so I think I was able to kind of bring in some some humor perspectives of, of humor of a Southern woman, even though I hadn't lived in the South. I had grown up there. I was from there. I'd been in LA for 14 years, but I came back. And so the idea is that we kind of poke fun at some of our stereotypes, but kind of jokingly play them up too. And there's a lot of our, our tropes that our audience love, just like the typical Southern grandma and, you know, Southern mamas are like this and the potlucks like there's just a lot of the same humor, but we try to keep it fresh and we try to really more than anything, be relatable humor um, than anything else. So, you know, the two that I've written recently that they're shooting is um, one of them is sort of inspired by having a new baby and my uh, colleague, Adam, who shoots and stars and a lot of stuff, he just had a baby. It's going to be like a fake couples vlog about tips to soothe your baby. And they slowly implode as like none of the tips are working and then another one I just wrote was like, if WebMD was Southern, a Southern grandma and it's like, you Google it, it's the grandma telling you to use like Vicks Vapor Rub. So it's just, it's just that kind of That's stuff. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, just fun, but relatable, but usually grounded in, you know, relatability, but usually always Is a Vicks spin. a Southern thing? Vicks Vapor Rub? I don't, I mean, that's known as being like, like my great grandmother, I used to spend the night with her and every night we would put Vicks Vapor Rub in our nose before we did <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, my mom, <laughs> our mom does that. And we <laughs> do, Steph, do you do that? I do it every night. Still? Still? I don't have, I ran I out of a do bottle. It. Oh no, wait, I still have a big tube It makes me go right Vicks. to sleep, the eucalyptus. Like I in her pass nose? out. I put it in it, my I nose. Think- like I do like mom, I put it in my nose <laughs> down here and around my yeah, lips. You know- you know what's funny is on the bottle it says do not put on nostrils or on face. I've done it every night for like the past couple wow. Of years. Wow. Well, That's I'll have to so think on that sketch when it comes out. Yeah, they shot that last week. Yeah, you know our mom. We always say she's a walking pharmacy, uh-huh. and she's she's from the West Coast, but she always has Vicks, and the jar's always like empty yeah. because. That's she so uses funny. it so much. But yeah, growing up, it was always girls put Vicks, Vicks all over Vicks, your face. Vicks was just like what you use for anything. You had a cold, put Vicks on. Like everything that is, about that Vicks. That is sort of the premise of the sketch. She has all we these weird movies and she says, yeah, I'll just give it to y'all. It was yeah. inspired by our audience. We asked them, you know, what are some of the weirdest Southern remedies? And just the stuff that came in, like, oh, one of them was if your baby has an earache, put a little bit of urine on a Q-tip and rub <sighs> it in the baby's ear. Um, oh my gosh! What? Yeah, you know. Oh, the the one of the most notorious ones is putting chewing tobacco on a bee sting. That's allegedly uh, like a Southern grandma remedy. So this is the kind of stuff right. we, you know, really yeah, stuff I write about. Yeah, That's yeah, so yeah. Cool. Our dad, our dad grew up in an Italian family, in Massachusetts, and he was saying that. So our great grandmother um, was from Italy. She was born there and then came over when she was little. But she used to put. I guess like whiskey in my dad's gums when oh, yeah. he was teething. I think yeah. they and did that to me. You know that when I was teething, mom that. told me that like they did that to me. I don't think. Yeah. They did now that you to Google you. like now my my son had so many ear ear infections when he was between one between twelve and like eighteen months. And when you Google it, they like websites say 
please do not give your baby any liquor. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> if you think about it, I don't mean I wouldn't do it personally. You know, I'm all like, okay, give me the antibiotic. But I guess back then, that's what that's what they did. Oh yeah, that's so funny. That's so <laughs> I know, hilarious. I know. So where can our listeners um, watch? It's a Southern thing. You can, you know, if you Google, it's a Southern thing. Not not to be It'll like that. That you know simplify it that much, but um, okay. southernthing.com is our website and that leads to everything. But, you know, we have a Facebook presence. We have a huge YouTube presence. Um, okay. So searching for Addis the Southern Thing on YouTube, it should come up. Okay. That's great. great. And we'll then put on it Instagram, in our podcast notes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then on Instagram, you did a short sketch about how curly hair naturally falls into a triangle shape yeah. when it's down. Have you found any hair products you recommend for curly hair? Do you have some that you just absolutely love? Yes, I, I actually, I, lo- I love that you're asking me this. Um, any chance to talk about hair products, I will take. Yeah. Triangle, I haven't solved. I end up always kind of doing this like flipped over. I, people can't see me right now, but I find that if you get regular haircuts, which I don't, I only get my haircut two to three times a year with good layers. It helps with a triangle, but I really love R&Co. I love yes. R&Co. So I love their Suncatcher um vitamin C, uh, power C boosting leave-in conditioner. Mm. Really great for my hair. And they I love their packaging. Yes, me too. And they have an apple cider vinegar cleansing rinse that I use once or twice a week. Oh, it's meant to just cleanse the scalp and the hair. So you still do that with your daughter. You have time. You give yourself a scalp treatment. That's nice. Yes. Yes. Cause it only takes a few minutes in the shower. So I'll do it while I, you know, Oh, you do it in the shower. That's key. Yes. It's not like you have to step out of the shower. Oh no, none of that. No, no, no. It's Make your hair damp and then put it in. I like that. Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, you were asking me about moving back to the South. The leave-in conditioner was not something I used to do in California. I also like John Frieda dream curl, um, dream curls, frizzies, dream curls. And it's okay. I like, I like the frizzies line a lot. Yes. I love the frizzies for drugstore. I love the frizzies line. Mm -hmm. And I really love this, um, is it Oreb? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, Orbe. Yeah, yeah. Orbe. Um, <laughs> Their Gold Lust Nourishing Hair Oil. Oh, my God. I, so, I, yeah, Orbe. I don't know if Adrian, is he still the head of education for Orbe? Um, I think we had so. One He's a redhead. He's a redhead. Yeah. Okay. And we did a whole episode with him, but that product is awesome. I love it. So he sent us the whole line. Spray. I love it. Oh, yeah. I know. I love all their stuff. It's pricey, but this stuff lasts for a long time. And I use this pretty much after my hair is totally done and I just rub it and do like for the frizzies, mm-hmm. I find it to be really helpful. Oh, so that's what you use to, for the frizz of your curls. Well, no. So when my hair is wet, I put in the leave-in conditioner. Okay. Sometimes combined with the dream curl spray. And then if I um, do a hair dryer, then I do this when it's dry. I do gotcha. The okay. But just a very so, small amount on the ends and just frizzies on the top. Okay. So no, like, standard hair gels i don't really do gels because i find them to always be crunchy yeah yeah and that was yeah that was like the look back in like the 90s who knows it's probably gonna come back you know the crunchy (laughs) until then then, yeah but your curls i mean obviously we can see you they look really beautiful thank you thank you i feel like y'all caught me on a good day they're not they're not like this every day but another thing that i do is you know i the key advice i give curly people is when I get out of the shower, I flip my head over and I separate it with my fingers and and do that and scrunch and and towel wrap for just a few minutes. And then if it's a day where I want more volume, I diffuse it. And then when it's totally dry, I take a curling wand 
and I kind of touch up the curls, like, oh. you know, wrapped around, you know, not the clip curling iron, the, the wand. Yeah. So that's a yes. secret I that I feel wand. like curly, curly people don't, they're like, why do you need to use a curling wand? You have curly hair. I'm like, cause it kind of defines them a little the heat, better. The heat mm-hmm. helps too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have to put your hair up? Cause I feel like Always. if my hair goes up in a bun, it's done. Like there's no putting it right. back down. It's so true. Oh, you kind of have to restart with water. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's done after it's up. It's funny. My husband recently was like, he prefers the low, the low po, like the low ponytail. Oh, on me. you or just in general? Oh, I love when he, I love when you I love when husbands have a personal opinion on I hair. Know. I know. <laughs> no, I mean he loves it. You know, he's he's not like do it like that, but you know, he's made he's hinted that he prefers the low po. I'm a top knot gal. I just love to throw it up, have the top knot bun. That's yeah. But he favorite. likes the low ponytail. He likes low ponytail. Men, men do not like the top. Well, I hate to they even do. generalize that, but they do, like my husband too hates it when I have a top he knot. He said that your personality changes he when you have a head. <laughs> have you guys seen, I don't know if we talked about this on a podcast before, but the King of Queens episode about the top bun. No. no. So, yeah. He, Kevin, um, what's his name? Um, Kevin James. Kevin James is, and I love his wife, Leah Romini. She has like, she's like starts like had this new hairstyle and she's like, honey, you know, cause she always has like the long hair. She comes home right, and she's right. like, everyone's wearing the top bun now. So she starts the top bun and like, they just show him always focusing on the bun. Like when she's in the talk, <laughs> like they just, the camera zooms up to her bun. And eventually by the end of the episode, like she takes it down, but he just hates this bun. He just feels like it's really <laughs> uptight. And I always laugh because yeah, my husband's like, when you have that top bun and you're on your laptop, I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't like the feel of hair on the back of my neck. Same, and so I think that's same. why I love it so much. Same. It so <laughs> and there's something so mm-hmm. free about like just putting your hair up on the top and just like whatever it looks like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that's so funny. I'm I'm dreading. Well, I hope that my daughter doesn't expect me to come. I think about it because sometimes on TikTok I see these like these random videos come up of these moms doing these crazy hairstyles on their daughter for like the first day of school, oh, like these eccentric braids. And I'm like, my daughter's name is Isla. I'm like, if Isla ever came to me and was like, "Can you do this hairstyle on me, mommy?" I'd be like, "You can just put your hair up in a top bun." <laughs> You know, or like a, a pretty headband <laughs> or a pony. Yeah. Or pigtails. Yeah. I actually wrote blogs for a company called a hair care company called Numi N-U-M-E. Okay. I, I wrote for their blog for like a year to make some extra money and oh. they would just give me a title and they'd say eight crazy Thanksgiving hairstyles. Like, or, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, give them, oh, give them pumpkin to talk about Halloween <laughs> hairstyles. And I would just have to Google, like come up with it. And then I'd have to Google, like I'd have to look up YouTube videos about how to create, like and oh tell my- people. And I'm just like, I could never in a million years do these on myself. And I'd have to write about certain products they have and like incorporate their products into the different yeah, styles. Right. And so I was, I was always researching different Pinterest and YouTube. Some of these hairstyles are crazy. On how to do these things. And I'm thinking and trying to explain them as best as I could in a blog and thinking I could never do this on my own. Hair. Yeah. Especially I'm so visual that I couldn't look at text. I couldn't look at words and do step-by-step for a hairstyle. I would need to see it. But 
yeah, some of these hairstyles on these kids are just like absolutely crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not going to be my mom yeah. hard either. That's fine. We all did fine in life and we had normal hairstyles, right? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I didn't know how to do my hair until I moved to Los Angeles and I'm fine. And your eyebrows. Yeah. It seems like LA, you really, you really came into your own Mary Patterson. You can't beat LA <laughs> for the beauty stuff. You really can't. You learn a lot. Yeah, that's how we felt that's about so cool. living in New York City. It's like you get so much inspiration just walking on the street. And that's what I miss. I live in Charlotte right now. And I do miss that just that vibe and inspiration that you get just, you know, like, oh, wow, that's what I, I remember in Barcelona, I kept a sticky note on my phone of some of the fashion that I was seeing around the city. Because I was like, I'm not going to get that in Charlotte, like yes. just walking around my neighborhood. Like there's like, <laughs> like, who are you? I mean, like 80 year old men walk around my neighborhood. <laughs> like walk. So I was like, wow, I'm going to get so much inspiration. So I missed that. And that's what we got when we were out in LA a long a while ago, Adrian and I, it was just so nice to just walk around and see like, what's, what's trending. What's oh, in yeah. style. So many creative people and so many artists, you know, doing yeah. things with their look and their style. And you just have access to everything there. You can try yes. a beauty trend. You can try a million different hairdressers, you know, it's pretty mm-hmm. I do miss that about LA. I do want to yeah, ask yeah. you, just talking about like being in LA, I, I, Stephanie and I have been talking about this to ourselves frequently, but when you're in LA, you're in New York, wherever, and you're walking around, you see other redheads. I know that we mm. all say, right? Like when you see another redhead, you kind of stop, you see them, you're like, oh, you're a redhead too. Like you don't say that, but sometimes, you know what I mean? You look at them, you give them like a knowing another glance. Look. Yeah. You give them yeah. a glance. But I think a lot of redheads, and we asked our last podcast guest the same question, but do you feel like you compare yourself to other redheads? Like if you see another redhead on the street, are you like, oh, her hair looks so good? Or, you know, or maybe she's doing that better. I feel like redheads compare themselves to other redheads because we're so rare. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, I'd say one thing that I find interesting is when I see a redhead who's, let's say, 20 years older than me, if I'm guessing, I wonder, like, is that how I'm going to age? Like, is that what I will look like, Mm. you know, as an older redhead? And, you know, I think y'all, one of your um, social media uh, outlets might have posted this recently. I do feel pretty lucky. Not that people, not that there's anything wrong with gray hair, but I haven't felt the need or had to, I haven't seen many grays or felt the need to dye my hair. because I think it'll, it, it's, if there are grays or whites, I think the red hair hides it well. I know that wasn't what you asked about. No, no, no. It's, it's, heads, it's, but I understand. I tend to look at the older ones and mm-hmm. think, oh, is that how, you know, my hair is going to look in 20 years or something like that? But oh, yeah. And it's funny. I used to um, joke around if I would go to like a wedding and another redhead was there, I'd be like, uh, there's only room for one yeah. redhead. redhead. <laughs> that's so true. Wedding. So, yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so true. Oh my God. It's so true. It's so true. I have a friend who's Asian and she feels the same way. She's like, when I walk into a room, I better be the only Asian. <laughs> I used to feel that way on uh, stand up shows in LA too. I'd be like, um, yeah, this show has a redhead and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. It's like there can only be one amazing redhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So we have to ask, ending this awesome interview, I feel like we could talk to you for. Ever. Um, but Lucille Ball famously dyed her hair red, if you didn't know, because she wanted to stand out in show business, which we think is awesome. Um, do you think your red hair has helped you stand out in the entertainment industry? I do. I think mm. it's 
it's just one of those things where you're a little more memorable or you can be a little more memorable if you also present, you know, a well-crafted actor in my case with stand up or, you know, with it's a Southern thing. A lot of times when I first started appearing in those videos, um, the commenters would be like the redhead, the redhead, the red, they would, they would refer to me as the redhead. So I knew yeah. they remembered, you know, who I was, but yeah, for sure. I think it, it helps you stand out and it's unique. And usually there's not, unless it's some sort of, scripted or unscripted piece about redheads there's not going to be a lot of other redheaded performers Mm -hmm. you know on the screen so I do think it makes you memorable and especially when you're kind of clawing your way trying to make a name in comedy and get booked I think uh if it's something for me it was like oh she's southern and she has red hair that was kind of kind of my thing yeah that's so that's Mm -hmm. so cool and I know you mentioned your hair before we go but um do you feel like it's faded? Has the color changed? Yeah. So I feel like that it's, it's more of a dull coppery now. It used to be a, like a brighter copper, but like I said, I feel pretty lucky. I haven't had to, to dye it or color it or anything like that. And it, some in the summer, it still kind of gets lighter, mm-hmm. but I can definitely tell it's faded some, but not something that like keeps me up at night change, but it's, it's different. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm I know. also it's crazy. struggling with some some of the postpartum hair loss that I had read about and kind of mentally prepared for. So it's about half as thick as it used to be. But I have read that when the baby turns about one, it, it usually gets a little bit better. So I'm trying to hold on to that hope too. And- yeah, it does. It does. My my shower just got clogged a couple weeks ago so bad because of all like the hair you lose. And But it does eventually grow back. Yeah. 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 I know. I guess still keep taking those multivitamins. (laughs) Oh, I am. I'm taking them. I'm taking, like I said, I think not drying it um, very often helps from, for me, my hair is healthier when I just let it dry more often. Yeah, I know. Experiencing fading red hair is like, ugh. I use so many products to up my red hair because mine's faded. Adrian, your hair still is vibrant. Yeah, I think so. You know, we, we were in LA recently and someone was like, you're not a redhead. And I was like, I've never heard that once in my life. Because <laughs> like, I know this is bad lighting, but like my hair is like very, I don't know, we, I'm, I'm, it's very vibrant. And I was like, what? We need to step into the sunlight. Are you kidding? Um, huh. So yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe I told Stephanie, I'd maybe it, it has changed a little bit in the last 10 years. But um, yeah, I, ho- I, I, I haven't had any I feel like when I go to the, the, you know, when I get my hair cut, just like you, Mary Patterson, I get it like cut a couple times a year. And I always ask like, is it getting, is it getting white? And he said, no. So I'm just, See, I'm it's funny you ask. I'm like, I'm like, don't ask. I just don't want to know. I know don't that ask. they're like intimately in my section. So I'm like when they're blow drying. Right, you know? So I'm right, like, he right. knows more than I know. And right. so he's like, no. no, not yet. Didn't you two just come up with a new product that's a, it's a, the glossy product is that just to amplify the red or does that actually add color it's not color no, so depositing it's not a color depositing shampoo okay. so it's supposed okay. to help strengthen smooth and hydrate your red hair we okay. are working on to, it's in the works but another more products like the ones that you just asked about mm-hmm. um but no it's the color red it was kind of crazy how we formulated this product. It took a long time and we thought like, oh, why not just create a gloss for redheads and then keep, make it red, you know? Mm-hmm. So then, and it's nice because a lot of our customers who in your situation have never dyed their red hair, have never used any sort of a coloring product, but kind of want that feeling of just boosting their red hair in terms of shine and 
Um, right. They don't have to feel like, oh my God, is this going to dye color my hair? Because so, it's that, not. Yeah. And that's but, like kind of like why I use finely glossy constantly because like I don't want to change the color of my hair and I'm not ready for color depositing yet. So right. yeah. it's great for right. like natural redheads who are kind of scared. But I think the part of the, the plant-based product, because it, it's so plant-based and so clean, it really does give a boost to your hair naturally, which is what the hopes were for the product. And I think our customers have been loving it. So we'll send you some. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just going to say that. that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, Mary Patterson, it was so awesome having you on. So um, we will definitely keep in touch and send you a package. And um, we're, yeah, we're so excited for our listeners to get to know you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This was such a treat. I'm honored and congrats on everything y'all have built. That's, it's really awesome. Yeah. Congrats no, to you. And you'll have to send us the one, the sketch about Vix. I will. I <laughs> Please do. Will. Thank you, Mary Patterson. Thank you. Redheads, have you heard? We added our first hair care product to the How to Be a Redhead beauty line. It's called Finely Glossy, and it's a shine and luminosity shampoo for redheads. Like all of our products, it's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Give luminosity and radiance to your red hair without color depositing. Redheads, we can now rejoice. Finally, there are products for us. Shop Finely Glossy and our line of brow and mascara products. Finally have brows and finally have lashes at shop.howtobearedhead.com. Okay, I'm going to just say Vix. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, that's not what I took from talking to Mary Patterson. Of course, I loved all of her tips about her curly hair and just hearing her perspective in the comedy world being a redhead. Um, it's pretty remarkable, you know, what she's built and we're excited to see her, her future and follow her on social. But I just think it's so funny about the Vix because that's so funny. Mom loves her Vix. I know, I know, <laughs> I, didn't know I know. It was a Southern thing because our mom's originally from California. So maybe it's a West coast Southern thing. I because, have no idea. Because if I think about my friends, Adrian and I grew up in Rhode Island. None of my friends talked about Vix. So maybe it is a... California and Southern thing like combined. I don't know, but I just like, I thought that was so funny and it's, I, I have to go on and look more at the most recent or up-to-date clips on it's a Southern thing. Cause yeah, we're not from the South, but I think that we'll get a chuckle out of it. Yeah. I think that it'll be really, really funny. I also love how she, did say that she stood out in the entertainment industry all of these years because of her red hair, mm-hmm. which I feel like yeah. we hear a lot from actors and actresses and comedians that we've interviewed. And I think it's something that is hopefully giving a lot of confidence to people who are listening because confidence is a big part about being a redhead. And you see these amazing people that we interview and they all say the same thing that like at the end of the day, red hair has given them the confidence and the push and made them stand out. So you know, when you are older, you definitely want that rather than when you're a child, you know, you sometimes mm-hmm. don't want that at school. So I loved her perspective on that. And yeah, she was just really easy to talk to. And I felt like everyone was going to really enjoy hearing about her life and, you know, just everything that she's done. So I can't wait to keep following her. And yeah, give, um, ever, give, give the YouTube pages a follow that she's working on and um, definitely give her a follow on Instagram so you can keep following her journey. 
Yeah, and daily, we get an array of questions from social media comments, emails, and DMs. We thought that it would be fun to bring these to our podcast this season. So we'll answer several right now. And if you have a question you want to ask us, you can email us at h2barpodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Twitter, even our handle is how to be a redhead. So let's get right into it. Andrew on Instagram DM, he said, do you have any suggestions for redhead men whose beard is turning white? I think it kind of goes hand in hand with very similar to if a redhead's experiencing white hair, I think Andrew, you're going to have to dye it um, or use some sort of a demi or permanent or uh, demi or semi dye if you Mm -hmm. want to maintain your red beard um yeah obviously adrian and i don't have facial hair um so i think that's a whole different beast i think it would depend on how long your beard is if it's right up to your skin i don't or know how if you want to keep it white i mean i yeah you know, my husband has a red beard and i he's just gonna obviously embrace the white and there is a lot white a lot a lot of white coming in i think it's your preference if you want to keep it white or if you really want to keep it red, then yeah, you have to dye it. So I think that you have a lot of options, but I feel like it just depends on your preference and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now Marty on YouTube shorts, she wrote, what are the best colors for redheads to wear? And mm. that's such a great question. Cause I think that there's Redheads can wear, I think, any color. I think it obviously depends on the time of year. So fall and winter are great for jewel tones. Um, You know, I think spring and summer is great for redheads can rock pastels and whites and neutrals. But right now, you know, fall and winter are such is our two great seasons to wear those beautiful colors. Right, Adrian, that we love like greens and blues and purples and cranberry and you know there's those deep colors are so pretty yeah and you can really experiment experiment with rust and oranges even depending on your complexion so kind of just have fun with it yeah no I totally agree and I think I love the question about best colors because like I know we can wear all but I do think that it so has to do with like your preference and also what looks best with like your eye color, your complexion. But yeah, I have to agree. I think jewel tones on redheads is just like so perfect. It is. I agree. I know. I need to add more purple to my wardrobe. I love purple. Mm-hmm. And now Allison on Facebook, she wrote to us say, can you recommend the best sunscreen lip balm? And hmm. I know when I That's saw important. that. That's important. Yeah, because I think a lot of people forget the lips and we want to protect our skin year round, of course. But the way our our face is, right, like the sun does beat down right on your lips. So it's really important to wear a sunscreen lip balm. And it's one of those things that's really easy to incorporate throughout yeah. the year because you can carry it with you, keep it in your purse, in your car. Um, when it comes to the best sun, so a lip balm with SPF, I think about... Well, obviously iconic Burt's Bees, but I don't think it's SPF. Um, Aquaphor has one. That, they do. That, yeah, that's SPF 30. And I just love Aquaphor. Like I would even, same. I would put that around my eyes, you know, like I just, I love Aquaphor. And I think that their SPF lip balm is really, really good. Um, Super Goop has one, of course. Sunbomb Kula. 
Yeah. These are all these are all brands that we love. We definitely definitely have a few articles that we will link. I was in just going to say that. Notes. Yeah, that. We yeah, we've done some too. Like this. if you're on the ski slopes this winter, I remember we did a post or talked about it briefly in an article yeah. years ago that it's really important when you're covered up. If you think about it, for all you like skiers, snowboarders, that your lips are actually still getting. Um, you know, you're covering your eyes, but your the bottom of your face is still being exposed to the sun when you're on like the slopes on a sunny day. So it's really important to wear an SPF lip balm. Um, so definitely pick that up. You can, you know, buy one online or pick one up at your local drugstore. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fourth one um, is from Nikki on IG stories. I want to hide my freckles. How do I do it? Oh, don't I do don't, it. Don't do it. <laughs> Steph, you've had such a journey with accepting your freckles. Yeah. And I think maybe if you want to, um, not tone them down, but if they're, you know, after the summer, if you're realizing that they're darker, maybe more have come up and you kind of just want to even them out is what I was trying to get at earlier. Even evening them out is different than hiding them. Um, and we know some redheads who hide their freckles with the foundation. Uh, you have to really pack on the foundation and that can be really you know, weight, like very heavy on your face. You used to do the powder, remember? Like when it first came I out. I know. I know. Now I really don't like powder. I think like everything's all about like liquids, you know, and, and like that whole thing. Cause I, I think yeah. that the, it was just drying out my skin. Mm -hmm. But if you want to even out your skin, Nikki, again, that's different than hiding your freckles. You can do that with certain products out there that serums are, you know, can even out your skin tone. Vitamin C is great for that. It really evens out your skin tone. And if you want to take it to actually going to a place, chemical peels are really great. Um, and you can tell them what you want, you know, like, oh, I have freckles. I want to even them out. I don't want to erase them. That will just make it where, and I've done this throughout the years where I'm not getting rid of my freckles by any means. I love my freckles, but I'm just, again, that word, un um, evening out my skin tone and making it so it's kind of just there's no splotches like oh you know on your forehead there's more and on your cheeks there's less it's kind of just making it again even so definitely check that out or try a product that like a vitamin c serum um as well as some salicylic acid, all of like we've talked about this with so many estheticians in recent episodes too, where there's a lot more ingredients out there nowadays in skincare products that can help with evening out your skin tone. Mm -hmm. But don't hide them. They're beautiful. I know. I agree. I agree. So want to help us spread the news about the How to Be a Redhead brand in this podcast? Give us a five-star review and tell your friends, redheads, and everyone else to subscribe. You can listen to this podcast directly on howtobearedhead.com, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to look at the podcast notes to find links with products mentioned and so much more. Rock it like a redhead! redhead.